the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. And welcome in to Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, much, much more. What's on your financial mind is what I like to start the show with. Talking about money, talking about college, business economy. Where are you in all of this? Let's take a look at the market numbers. little delay there. Uh, we'll get it right before I die. Dow's up 24. NASDAQ down 4. S&P 500 up 1. Oil. Something I'm paying attention to. It's creeped up to $103 a barrel. I don't like that. That's one of those big three things that could really hurt the U.S. economy this year. Oil, housing, and Europe. Those are the three things that I see. Gasoline prices jumped 9 tenths of a percent in January, pushing overall consumer prices up at the fastest clip in four months. And offering a reminder of the risk of energy costs and how it can crimp our economic recovery. With that said, let's talk about uh, you know what happened yesterday and the day before and put it all in context, try to get some idea out of all this. Monday is a federal holiday. I'm not coming into work. So not only is it Aloha Friday, it's a really good Aloha Friday. Government offices and public schools will be closed, as will the U.S. stock and bond markets. The world is lucky. The world feels good. But Greece still a bit of a problem. I, in all of my life, in 17 years of financial radio, I would never have thought that I would be talking about Greece for 18 freaking fracking months in a row. The reports yesterday that Germany is in favor of finalizing the second bailout package in the near term. Ultimately, Greece is going to fail. Their austerity measures have cut the minimum wage have cut wages so much that there's no chance that they're ever going to pay back what they need to pay back. It's no, there's no chance. It's done. It's over. It's just when does it? When do they fail? And how big of a, uh, a margin of error did we build into it? So the equity market clearly likes the thought of the deal getting done. Yay! The Greek drama only half the story yesterday. Yesterday, the other half of the story was the economic data that continues to show the U.S. economy is growing in spite of the Eurozone debt crisis and the slowdown in China. The PPI report was an exception. It showed producer prices were higher in January than they were in December. CPI, 
suggests the same for the consumers. Ultimately, if you exclude food and energy, up two-tenths of one percent, the CPI and the CPI core, economists were expecting a three-tenths of a percent increase. So some are going to be taking some exception to the, the news that we're seeing out there. You know, core CPI is up 2.3% over the last 12 months versus 2.2% in December. CPI could increase to as loud as 4%. And this is real. This is stuff that you and I spend money on. Consumer. We don't like inflation. Inflation's the devil. That's why you can't put all your money into a savings account. You got to beat inflation. That's why you can't assume that you have enough because inflation's going to creep up on you. Let's take a look at some of the other stories that are out there for today. Stuff that, again, you know, headline kind of stuff that you understand. Earnings today out of Campbell, Heinz, and K-Swiss. I didn't even know K-Swiss was still around. Like, I keep seeing the ticker symbol. I keep knowing that the stock's there. But I don't see people wearing K-Swiss shoes, I don't think. Applied Materials is a stock to watch today. Maker of Semiconductor Manufactured Equipment reported earnings of six, 18 cents. Six cents above expectations. Revenue beat expectations. Strong demand in mobile computing market is what they said for new equipment. Nordstrom reported a buck eleven a share. Its profit forecast for the current year fell short of expectations. So they had a good quarter, but they said, you know, gross margin is going to hurt next year and we're not going to make as much as we thought we were. So Wall Street's the church of what's working now, not what's just happened in the last 90 days. Investors worry about what's happened in the last 90 days, but short-term traders worry about what's going to happen in the next 90 days. Dow Component 3M is going to contribute up to a billion dollars in cash to its pensions, funds, and retirement plans. If Apple would have been added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, we'd be at an all-time high instead of Cisco. It just goes to show you how stupid markets can be or how dumb indices can be. Yelp, the online reviewer, says they plan to sell 7.1 million shares in an IPO. Yelp's in trouble. Googlebot Zagat. People search for... Google, you know, restaurants at Yelp comes right up. That's going to be pushed to the side sooner than later. Baidu, which is a Chinese internet company, they reported earnings above expectations. So China's top search engine, uh, above consensus revenues of 710 million buckaroos. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton, how are you today? Great. It's Friday. What can I say? <laughs> a little late on the standards. The king of financial media. Is your mic level good, good enough? Probably should have checked that before, huh? Probably should have. Yeah, we're, we're on top of it. Yeah, I noticed I walk in the studio and both producers are sleeping, eating gummy bears, <laughs> Cheez-Its, Cheese Whiz, lots of cheese products in the radio industry. That's right. It's good for the veins. And Chad's uh, doing his typical uh, protein shake. Staying healthy. Pete's coffee and some muscle milk. There you go. Oh, I don't mix them. What do you think about the markets? Um, resilient. I mean, it's it, everybody's counting on some positive news. It's, it's basically what's going on is it looks like Germany's in favor of finalizing the second bailout package in the near term. However, how many times have we heard that? We're 67 points away from 13,000. Yeah. That's a pretty big number. Yeah, it is. I mean, and we've, we've, we broke through the trading range that we were kind of in last year, or right? Just barely above that 1350 level though. Everybody was looking at the S&P 500 and we've stayed there for a while. So that's, some good news, you know, still in the long term, we've got issues before people get, you know, anxious and have to get all their money back into stocks. Now there's talking about the debt issues in Japan. Just when Japanese stocks are starting to look attractive, you know, you buy when the blood is on the streets, 
the uh, now there's talk of the yen having to be weakened. There's ten trillion dollars in debt, and it's about half or two times the country's GDP. So it's one of the worst ratios in the world. Right. On the flip side, most of the debt is owned by the Japanese people, so it's a little different situation. But um, you know, we still have some. I, it's tough because you want to be a little bit cautious, keep a balanced portfolio. But if we can get through this debt cycle that we're in, where the countries have a chance to refinance like individuals did, I think we're setting up for another bull market, a good long-term bull market, if we can get through this next couple of years of refinancing government debt. Right. The, we're basically borrowing at lower interest rates, the basic yeah. idea. You know, I got a mortgage at 3.7%. Our government's getting money at... What is it? Uh, two percent on a ten-year ten-year note? Yeah, well, uh, less, a little less than that, even, right? Pretty impressive. People are paying to own treasuries sometimes when when rates drop to own the the T bills. So I got CFP Chad Burton in studio today. If people have questions for him, you can send me an email, Rob at robblack.com. That's Rob at robblack.com. What are some of the things we're going to talk about? You've started taking some notes. Well, actually, it was a couple of questions that came in off the Monday show, and. Um, why I picked Monday, I don't know. Monday's close. I'm not. I don't know what I'll talk about so far. But anyways, I got a a question in from I think it was yeah, Andrew. Can you answer this on your Monday show? I listen in since you mentioned last week that you won't be taking calls. So he says, how does one determine the best 401k to contribute to if their employer offers both the standard and Roth version when it comes to paying taxes now versus later? So that's a question that I – most larger companies are offering a regular 401k or a Roth 401k, right? Right. So in a regular 401k, if you put a dollar into the plan, the whole dollar goes in, and it, it goes to work. On a, you're not taxed on it. On a Roth 401k – so on a regular 401k, you put a buck in, mm-hmm. you only miss 70 cents out of your paycheck. On a regular Roth 401k, you, you put after-tax dollars in, so you miss the whole dollar – you don't get a tax break, but it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. So younger people, that might seem pretty attractive. But coming back after the break, I'll talk about kind of the groups, the, the couple of different groups of people who should do it and who should not do the Roth 401k. Because we're in California. we got state taxes to worry about, too. I'm with you. We have a good show for you planned today. You can listen in and enjoy it on AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Chad Burton, how are you? Great. It's Friday. Sunny. No work till Tuesday. That's true. Gotta love that. Um, Jeremy Lin. Basketball sensation. I just brought the name up, and you didn't know who he was. You're like the only person. No, I. You were saying it in a different context, so I thought it was. I thought you were talking about somebody else that we both, somebody else that you and I both. He's know. probably the only person from uh, Harvard who has an economics degree who's ever done. Anything. Is he the only person from Harvard that even made it to the NBA? He just wrote, stepped on a joke. He's oh. the second person from Harvard to make it to the NBA. He's probably the only person from Harvard with an economics degree to ever make something positive of his life. <laughs> Economic jokes. Economist jokes. 
Don't you kind of wish his last name was Effing? So instead of all these stupid Lintastic and Lintristine, <laughs> they'd be like Effing, <laughs> you know. Anyway, okay. Yeah, you can't finish that yeah, one. Yeah, I can't finish that one. <laughs> Effing-tastic. Oh, good God. Um, Lintristine, Lintristine. So I got an email that I'll share with you because you were sharing with me an email, and I'll, I'll meet you email for email, so to speak. Um, I found this one kind of interesting. You, people can email me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Um, and tell me when you lose me, or tell me when I lose you on this one. It's from a guy named Ajish. I'm 37 years old. I'm married with one kid. I have about $60,000 in a 401k, $12,000 in Roth IRA. Occasionally, I do option trades, put calls. Not earning much on the money. I have $40,000 in a Roth IRA. I maxed out my 401k since the last four years. Um, I don't want to lose anything heavily. I want to have a plan to redistribute every two to four months to avoid losses. If I could earn 20 to 40% extra every year, that would be great. Well, did I did I trip a bell fight me? <laughs> yeah, so I'm trading options. I don't want to lose much, and I want to earn what is it? To- Twenty to forty percent extra per year. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, not a problem. Uh, my kid goes to private school, and I want to continue private school. I'd like to send her to a very good undergrad and grad school like Stanford. I don't own a house. I'd like to buy a house as well. Anything else? <laughs> I like the fairy dust. If I could earn twenty to forty percent gain every year, that would be great. Is this a question or is this I will just... I will murder Justin Bieber to get twenty to forty percent a year. <laughs> I will be on Yahoo. Rob Black murders Justin Bieber for twenty percent return. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable the expectations that people still have. I mean, where do you think these expectations come from? Well, he's hearing commercials about how you can double your money every ninety days. Oh, okay. So that's probably it. And you know, he's gone to a free class and learned about options. And he's not like he said, I'm not earning much on the money. With his, his call strategy. Right. It's, it's not there. It's not I mean, working for him, and yet he wants to make 20 to 40% a year. The call put strategy is dependent on a lot of volatility, and, and even in the short term, and we've seen some of the high-frequency trading slowed down, which is nice. So, you know, what options, wants, what options are yeah. used for by wealthy people is to create income on positions that they don't want to sell or to protect some downside that they don't want to sell. It's used as insurance in most cases for most traders. If you're somebody that wants to get into that and have that piece of your portfolio, there's things like managed futures portfolios and funds of hedge funds that you know might be good for 5 to 7% of your overall portfolio. But I have never seen people build wealth in the long run using stock options. No, and I've never seen anyone double their money in 90 days. Well, I mean, if to do that, you'd have to have a significant market event that you called right, that you somehow knew it was coming. Or if you had a dollar and you somehow made $2, <laughs> you'd have to have a very <laughs> low amount of money. On email penny stock letter. I mean, it's funny how so many people still fall for these email s- sessions, too, about, oh, I'm getting these emails and these stocks seem to be working out. What'll happen is somebody will email uh, uh, you know, thousands of people five different stocks yeah. and call you know, maybe two of them right. And the two that they get right, they'll concentrate on that email list and forget about the ones that they got wrong. And they'll try to pump stocks until you buy, and then they sell and make a profit. So Ajish says that, he goes, um, I have a daughter in private school. I'd like to send her to a very good undergrad like Stanford. My advice would be buy a stripper pole. Like, he's not going to do it with options, right? <laughs> the money's not going to be there from stock options. And certainly he's going to lose all of his money trying to do the stock options. So what's there left? She has to earn the money you, herself. You, you can tell you've never had a daughter. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Every father of a, 
of a daughter just well, no, cringe. What like, I'm trying ah. to say is he, he, it's not going to be up to him because he's following the wrong ideas. So it's going to be up to her. And when you're 18 years old, you don't have a lot of options. We, the, the expectations are so out of whack on the situation that I want to earn 20 to 40%. Well, who doesn't, right. first of all? And um, I don't want to lose much. Love it. Okay, so 10-year treasuries are yielding 2%. <laughs> he's 37 years old. He's got 60K in his 401k, so he's a little bit behind saving for his own retirement, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he and his wife have a good salary. What was it? Um, I saw it in there somewhere. Um, if I could, two, four months. Wait, I mean, the biggest return that somebody's going to get on their money is the the pre tax four hundred one k, because that's a, another thing about some of these seminars people go to to try to figure out trading, right? The, or or some of these people that are pitching life insurance as a good investment. If you have a dollar and you take it home, you pay the federal government and you pay California state, and you have you know sixty five to seventy five cents left over to invest. If you have a dollar, it goes into the 401k. The entire dollar goes into the 401k, pre-tax. Right. So Uncle Sam's money compounds interest for you. There's no investment out there that can beat that in the long run. Yeah. So, you know, the, reel back your expectations. This people- reminds me of 1999 where People Magazine did a poll, and people were expecting an average rate of return of 19 to 22% in their 401ks. Why 40% returns? Like, he expects that every year. Yeah, he, he went to a sales pitch somewhere. That's that's stunning to me, right? Yeah. So it went to a sales pitch of somebody that's either selling a software package or some sort of a trading school. With that said, Apple's averaged 20% a year for the last 20 years. Well, look at Cat. I think that's been about 15% a year for the last 10, right? Cat? Caterpillar? Yeah. So the big cat? Yeah. yeah. Dividends reinvestment. So yeah. good, it's a good company. Yep. So I don't Caterpillar until the day I die. If I were to come up with a portfolio of stocks that I like for the long-term patient investor. Yeah, it's definitely – you'd think of it as a more cyclical stock, right? But it hasn't think. been that cyclical. In the United States, it's cyclical. <clears throat> I was listening to reports on Bloomberg this morning regarding uh, China and how the diet – the proof is coming in on how the diet's changing. You know, they had a 1% increase in, in the, the, the need for more rice, a 46% increase in corn, and like a 100% increase in soybean requirements. So you got wealthy farmers you know, in the U.S., and China that will have to learn how to use their land better to produce the types of goods that they want. Uh, and that's, that's pretty good for cat in the long run, right? 30 seconds. Anything you want to say? Uh, we still need to talk about who should do a Roth 401k versus a pre-tax 401k now that Let's employers do that are doing it. Yeah, well, so we'll, we'll do that next segment. But uh, um, no, I like what's going on. So we'll see over the weekend if we get some confirmation that, that Germany is in favor of finalizing the second bailout package. For Greece. It was funny. The head of Greece basically pulled the Nazi Trump card a couple days ago. AM Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Whitney Houston's funeral is going to be streamed online. That's probably the creepiest thing I've said out loud since my stripper pole comment. 
10 minutes ago. <laughs> Whitney Houston's family may have had uh, nixed the public ceremony in place of a private invite only. Bobby Brown going to be there. Um, Aretha Franklin going to be there. Uh, the Dancing with Wolves guy going to be there. Always oh, Kevin Costner. Maker of some of the best movies of all time and some of the worst movies of all time. It's like Nicolas Cage, though. He's the same character in every movie. Okay. So what do you think about... I mean, what's, what's the difference between Dances with Wolves guy from the, the water movie guy? That I don't know anybody that's really sat through the whole movie. The water movie guy. What was that water movie? Where it's, it's called Waterworld, I think. Waterworld. Yeah. I watched like 10 minutes of it. It's all I could handle. And The Postman. And Revenge. Yeah. yeah he doesn't have a good range in his uh, of motion. No. With that said... What do you think about streaming your funeral online? I, I've never really thought about it, Rob. <laughs> Isn't it a weird concept? It is. So if I ever do anything like that, I'm gonna like have like After Effects put in like I'll have the coffin like lid start moving and stuff like that. That would be great. I would have to just you would... cremate you right in front of everybody. Exactly. Shh, <laughs> I'm dead sexy. <laughs> I am dead sexy. Oh, everybody's mad at Bobby Brown. Is he, did, did Bobby kind of drag her into that? Yeah. Life. Crack is whack. Yeah. That's her famous line. Crack so, is whack. What is your opinion of crack cocaine, Chad? I don't know. I'll let you know after this weekend. No, I'm just kidding. I'd... <laughs> well, see, seeing that I can't really commit to P90 to lose weight, maybe that could be I'm your next have to go to the pipe. There you go. <laughs> P90, it, it takes too much sweat. It's just, <laughs> it's just not me. And you have to stand up once in a while, too. See, I, I, I'm comfortable now. I'm just going after women who like, you know, round figures. So I show a woman a picture of a snowman. That's 50 plus. I show a woman a picture of a snowman if she goes, ooh. I'm like, you want to go to dinner? With that said, Jad Burton, you want to talk about uh, Roth 401ks? Is that the topic? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question because it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to try to determine on whether or not when you get the offer to be in a Roth 401k at your company um, versus the pre-tax 401k because you don't have to do – one or the other, you can do a certain percentage into both. You can do 50-50 if you wanted to. So it really depends on a couple of things. First of all, the first question is, is can you afford to max out your 401k? And, and some people still don't know this year that the amount's now 17000 that you can put into a 401k. Another $5,500 if you're going to be 50 by the end of the year. So if, you can, if you're a younger person, you can afford to put seventeen into your 401k and still have $5,000 left over to do a Roth and you're eligible for a Roth, then do that. Do all the pre-tax money because that that way you can get a da- tax deduction on that seventeen thousand, and and basically the tax savings will pay to fund your Roth IRA. About paid for half of it. So, if you're a person though, let's say you're you're younger, you're starting out, and you can maybe afford to put ten, fifteen percent of pay into the Roth or into the four hundred one k. What you want to do is realize what your tax brackets are because there's a ten, a fifteen, and then a twenty five percent bracket. So you always want to put in enough pre-tax to stay out of that higher tax bracket. So you really have to look at your tax return and whoever's doing your taxes and say, "Hey, what does it look like if I'm if I'm putting if I've got ten thousand that I can afford to save into my four hundred one k? What does it look like if I put it all in pre-tax money, fifty fifty or seventy five twenty or some sort of a combination of that?" But I do like younger people to at least put a little portion of it if they're under a twenty five percent bracket. So. Maybe you, if you're saving 10% of pay, put 5% into the pre-tax and 5% into the uh, Roth 401k, which will grow tax-free. You don't get a tax benefit, immediate tax benefit on the Roth 401k. It just grows tax-free for the rest of your life. Now, there's also, Rob, a group of people that are super high-income earners. 
Like uh, me? Like Rob Black. I make minimum wage. And you Working have, in radio. You have many apartments that smell of mahogany. And <laughs> you've got, uh, you know, people, there's certain people out there that are just saving, saving, saving. So They're in a for, high income bracket. I'm looking for a woman who likes Frosty the Snowman and minimum wage. <laughs> Is there any woman out there? Well, I think that's what Whitney called her crack dealer was Frosty the Snowman. You know, too soon. I heard. I heard. Uh, <laughs> too soon. Um, I heard. Uh, I don't even know who I heard. So, oh, I heard Tracy Morgan talking about he was a crack dealer as a kid. So he used to sell five, five uh, dime uh, nickel bags. You know, five dollars a bag. And he said he never looked at it as a career because the customers were just too crazy. So he said they'd give him like with two dollars and. You know, 300 pennies. He's like, 300 pennies. So now I'm doing a Chris Rock. <laughs> no, I was gonna a, say, I know, it sounds like Chris Rock. Chris Rock doing a Tracy Morgan. <laughs> just don't like the customers. Otherwise, he would have done it for a crew. No, it was just a white guy doing a Tracy Morgan. That sounded like Chris Rock. That's pretty much how Frosty you the that. Snowman doing a white guy. sounded like Chris <laughs> Rock doing Tracy Morgan. Okay, uh, Roth 401k. See, the reason I like the Roth is because I plan on buying a big old RV in retirement. I plan on yeah. some big ticket purchases because I'm a wealthy dude. Well, we're going to have higher tax brackets. I mean, that's it's coming in 2013. Not for the elderly because the elderly vote. <laughs> well, listen here, elderly. Prop 13 is eventually going to go away. Don't even don't even start that conversation. <laughs> it's got to change. I put in my time. I fought in World War One. They'll say. I know. And you're like World War One. You can't possibly be even alive. But that's the, the excuse that they have. Yeah. You can't take our Prop 13 because I fought in the war. I know, but you can't. You also cannot continue entitlement programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid with any type of success under the current tax system that we have. So you want grandparents to move out of the state of California? No. You want grandchildren no, not to see their grandparents? It's going to have to be a slow ratchet up. I'm not talking about an immediate disappearance. But there are that there is that group, Rob, that they're in a high bracket. They're saving enough. They're always going to be in a high bracket. Right. So give up the tax break now and go for the Roth 401k per portion. So if you look at your financial plan, you're making a ton of money now, you're saving a ton of money, um, and you're always going to be at the highest bracket, then just pay the taxes now for tax-free growth later. Because then you you have a huge Roth of 401k. It's tax-free when you retire. You can live anywhere you want and, and not pay Uncle Sam hardly anything. I've heard one financial planner suggest that the government will probably take away the after-tax positives of Roth 401ks and Roth IRAs. When anything like that has been done, there's always been a grandfather clause. So the people that have the money saved into it won't end up having to pay taxes on that money. It'll just change for the future contribution. So I've never really seen a situation like that except for the the, mass, the limited partnerships that people did in the 80s where people you know did it for a huge tax break and then it was re- t- taken away soon after. Um, I've never seen a, a situation where there's like a IRA type of an account or anything like that that ended up, you know, going back on that deal and taxing it a different way. Okay, I'm with you. Have we beaten the Roth IRA and Roth 401k to death yet? I think it's still, it's, you know, it's still a situation where people have to look at their own situation. Like, let's say you have another situation where, where you, you're a high income earner and your only savings is into a 401k, you don't have enough money left to save in a taxable account, or, sure. or, or you're not eligible for a Roth, okay. then then that type of person should max 401k, do a non-deductible contribution to an IRA, and then convert it every year. And you could still have a Roth. You just have to be careful if you have a large IRA outside of your 401k. What if you have a 403b, a Roth IRA, a Roth 401k, a spouse, spouse doesn't earn money, like, we're starting to confuse people with all these terms. 
It is, but here's the the long story short is is that when you get to retirement, you want to have three different types of money. You want to have some pre-tax money that's in a 401k or 403b. You want to have some money that's not in retirement accounts so you can draw on it anytime you want, and so that means you're saving in after-tax dollars. And you want to have some tax-free money in a Roth. You want to have three different kind of pools of, of, of types of taxes of money. The people that can't control their brackets are people that can – they only retire with 401k. So you can have That's one it. wheelbarrow of 401k money. One wheelbarrow. Dump truck of a Roth money. Yeah. Dump truck of a Roth. Yeah. Oh, the cute little names we come up with for savings and retirement plan. Yeah. Uh, what else do we need to know? We've got about a minute here. Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes out there people used to make in retirement is is not taking on enough risk. We got the the, the CPI numbers out today, right? So the core rate was at 0.2%. That's the, the when you strip out food and energy costs, which are volatile. But it was, what, 2.23% or 0.3% if you add in food and energy. So we're still at that kind of 2.5% inflation rate range, which is historically low. And we'll probably see it continue to stay low for the next couple of years while the Fed's doing this you know, buying of treasuries and keeping rates low. The problem now that I see, it's almost the flip side of what I saw the last decade where people in retirement were too scared to take any risk to beat inflation. Now inflation's super low, so people are not concerned about it as much. And they're forgetting about what's inside their bond funds, and they're going only for dividend-paying stocks. And I think they're taking more risk than, than what they know. So you really, again, in retirement, the way it works, you want three years worth of safe money in cash, which is you know CDs, treasuries, I-bonds, super, super safe stuff. And then the rest of the portfolio should remain balanced. You know, 60-40 stock bond split is, is even getting a little bit too aggressive. So, you know, don't go over that. But also, you got to take a little bit of risk in stocks to beat inflation in the long run because we will see a higher decade of inflation. Don't you agree? I mean, money's being printed all over, all over the world. So. I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's a tough call, right? It's, it feels like we're in low interest rate environment. I know. It feels like forever. I've been calling for higher rates for 10 years now. So yeah. we'll see. Newt Gingrich just made a comment. He's he's not going to quit the race unless it gets cancer. Unless the race gets cancer? Yeah, like he quit his wife twice. <laughs> she got cancer. Oh. Was that Gingrich? He did that yeah, too? he left his wife. She wow. got cancer. Awful. So this just in. Newt Gingrich said he's not going to quit the race unless it gets cancer. Funnier now that you know the, the, the context. I will be here all day long, unfortunately. <laughs> AM twelve twenty, Kitty. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Mitt Romney has just made clear his immigration policy. He wants all the poor people to get the F out. Or he wants all the wealthy people to strap a poor person on their car and drive them into Canada and dump them. Which is funnier. I can hear Romney's attorney... <laughs> the phone's ringing right now. Oh, no. It's called, humor. it's called humor and satire. <laughs> Everyone knows he doesn't like poor people. He starts his, his uh, speeches by, are there any poor people in here? And anyone who raises their hand, security asks him to leave. <laughs> He's allergic to poor people. Man, he oh probably... Oh, my ru- gosh. Where do we get this stuff? He probably ruined his whole campaign with that commentary on poor people, that poor people will be okay. Yeah, I mean, there's talk now that if what's going to happen in Michigan, Santorum might end up 
getting the nomination if he can't we win Michigan. Or his Santor- dad was Santorum's in trouble because his name's too close to the word scrotum. There's just too many S's and ums, and it'll just never work. You know, one of these days when you're doing the show, I want to put a shows where what parts of your brain are working as you talk. <laughs> it's true, though, right? It's probably just one left corner. Everybody else, left corner of their brain is dead, Rob. That's the only part that fires. <laughs> so I just saw um, on my, my, my news wire that the factory that where Apple makes their, their phones, they're going to raise salaries by 15 to 40%. That's pretty impressive. So now people are going to be making 35 cents an hour. That's right. That's good. They can afford to buy more Nikes. There you go. Smoke more cigarettes. Yep. Eat more McDonald's so they get diabetes and, hey, circle circle of life. For writing that joke, I had to look up the word immigration. I couldn't figure out what the opposite of immigration is. It's emigration with an E. Are you sure? No, you confirm that. That is confirmed. To leave one's one's region and go somewhere else. I would just think that would be called migration instead of immigration. You would think. Yeah. And again, someone's going to send me an email correcting me. Rob at robblack.com. Or if you really want to send it to me, it's rob at the internet guy underscore 1742 (laughs) forward slash underscore dot dot dot. What? Prince? Hold on, wait. A prince was just found in an avalanche. Is Is there any investment story there? A prince was just found in an avalanche. Yeah. Let's see if I I did some backcountry avalanche training for. A Dutch prince has reportedly been buried in an avalanche in Austria. Oof. So, any investment story there? Like, don't go snowboarding, don't go skiing, it's too dangerous? No, I mean, I, I have to, to, to be, feel like I have balance in life, but uh, over on, uh, check, out, check out the picture of him and his wife. You think she married him because, uh, he was a prince? Uh, no. <laughs> worried about your shaking hands there though, Rob. Yeah, I got really bad shaking hands. Oh so. man, you're scaring me. Uh, it's the funny you... thing is that's my shooting hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the range with me. It's like, want to go pigeon hunting? <laughs> Not with me. In downtown San Francisco. That's one of the best lines from the movie Blazing Saddles. Uh, Gene Wilder is this famous gun guy, and he puts out his hand, and it's just solid as a rock. And he goes, but this is my shooting hand. <laughs> so he pulls out his other hand. It's shaking like a epileptic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the investment angle for an avalanche, but that's some scary stuff. Uh, buy term life insurance, because you might die in freaky ways. Is the only thing I can get. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been snowboarding since they were wooden for, what, 24 years now, and... Um, I remember when I found out I was going to be a dad. I mean, that first ride up the chairlift, it was different. I was kind of you know freshly in the business back then. Yeah. And so, yeah, I went back the next day. I filled out the applications for life insurance and disability insurance. So people forget about the disability side, and it's expensive. So hopefully you get it through your employer. And, um, you know, if you're, you're lucky enough to have multiple job offers when you're looking because you're a high-skilled worker or something like that, People really need to pay attention to what the benefits are, especially on the disability side, because it, there's a more more likely chance that you're going to become disabled than die. Right. And disability insurance is expensive, so getting it through your employer is great. It's a big benefit. Um, but you need both. You need the term life insurance and you need the, the disability. Term life insurance, the, the calculation is fairly simple, 10 times your income, plus about $100,000 per kid per college. I don't know if we should even address this email, because um, he, he, he signs it sent for my IFART. Seriously, Any, I, so anyone who sends are you puts serious? That, anyone who puts that in their emails, you can't address the email, can you? No, but I did get the best. Um, I got I got a couple of clients in Hawaii, and you know how iPhones autocorrect. Yeah. Instead of saying Aloha Chad, it said Alpha Chad, comma. So I am now Alpha Chad. Just so you know, 
I love the website, um, um, Damn You Autocorrect. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. You know, switching from a Droid to an iPhone, the autocorrect on the iPhone is much more frustrating than a Droid. Okay. It's, anyways. If you I'm, can st- look- I'm still having my Droid withdrawals, so. If you could look at the last year's uh, Damn You Autocorrect, they did a, a best 25 of the year. Mm-hmm. You will pee yourself. A little urine will come out. <laughs> you will giggle so hard. You want to read, read some on air next hour? You can't. They're all dirty. <laughs> no. So they're all, I mean, they're all uh, like, hey, mom, coming home for dinner. And she goes, you know, you got to try the new meatballs, but something <laughs> yeah, with, right, yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. I know. Meatballs gets changed to something else. Sveti balls. <laughs> Tracy Morgan wrote that, I heard. Back okay. to Tracy Morgan. So, yeah. There you go. I got nothing else. Um, actually, we got about two minutes, and we can actually answer this email. It is from a guy named Financially Retarded. You said the guy who wishes for 20 to 40% returns was a little behind on his 401k. What target should people have when they're 20, how much money saved? 30, how much money saved? 40, how much money saved? 50, how much money saved? First and foremost, there's no right answer because it depends on your budget. Right, and it depends on your expenses, which depends on how much you have to save. But, I mean, if you're 35 and you've got less than $100,000, you're behind because uh, you've got to start saving – from the day you start working, really, 10% of your pay. I mean, that's why you hear that that successful phrase, pay yourself first. It means every dollar you get, 10% should go to your future. I mean, you will not be able to afford to retire unless you average that from the day that you start working. So that means if you haven't saved in your 20s, then you've got to get to, to uh, 12 to 15% by your 30s. And if you haven't saved anything by the time you're in your 40s, mid-40s, you're, you need to be at 20 to 25%. And it, it might... At that point, if you've gotten to that point and you're not, you haven't saved any money in your 40s, it's not what investment you should be choosing. It should be what can you do to further your education to make more income. And once you make more income, don't be an idiot and start spending more money. It means you you need to save more money. You got to invest in your future. You know, every time we have conversations like this, I, I refuse to look at my board ops, my producers, because I know they haven't saved any money. <laughs> it, it's it you feel- just killed their Friday. <laughs> oh, that's true enough. You know who this is? Singing. Uh, I know the song, but I can't think of the name of it. Right now. Got ya. It is got ya. Yeah, G O T Y A. I want to come up with a name for a restaurant called I don't know. Where do you want to go for dinner tonight? I don't know. April twenty second. Never give. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. Twelve twenty KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Our do Rob Black and your money. AM twelve twenty KDOW. We have a market that is acting as if it's going to be a long weekend. It's not really going anywhere too fast. We have the Dow up fourteen, the Nasdaq down thirteen, the S P five hundred down fractions. Business tax breaks get the boot in the payroll deal. The payroll deal got through fast. It's one of those things that both politicians can agree on, giving people more money. They're going to spend it and help the economy. 
But the last legislative freight train is about to leave the station. Set of expired business tax breaks that regularly got extended is being left on the platform. So we extend the payroll tax, the Medicare doc fix, and emergency unemployment benefits. Washington expects that deal to be in legislation for the November 6th presidential debate. Uh, no one wanted to get that rid- get rid of it. But the depreciation of equipment purchases is gone, where you could accelerate it, where you get the research and development credit. Um, that's kind of unfortunate. You know what? It's it's one of those things, though, that people think it's they, they've lost out on being able to write something off. All it is is an accelerated depreciation. So um, instead of having to depreciate over you know five years, for example, you get the majority of it in year one, and then the rest of it over five years. So it's you still get the same longer term tax break. In fact, if rates go up, taxes go up, you'll actually end up having a higher benefit from it later. Um, but the audio, auto industry might pay a little bit if, if we don't get the ability to, you know, accelerate the depreciation on business owners' SUVs. You know, that might fewer sales of, of SUVs, you know. But I don't think it'll change that much. Um, I, I think what's good is that that's off the table. We can get past that. We're not going to have to deal with the debt ceiling until probably after the November elections. Um, and hopefully over the next week we'll we'll get something fully passed on the Greece bailout if Germany accepts it, and we can move on for a couple of months without having to talk about it. Yeah. LinkedIn CEO Reid Hoffman just said the statement, you are the CEO of your career. I hate douche wow. statements like that. Like, that to me is just like, that doesn't really help me. Like, I can't exactly go hire myself, you know? Yeah, well, and with that said, a lot of a lot of people that are, you know, the, the stuff that some people put on their Facebook and everything else that people are going to find you later. They're going to see your comments, your pictures and things like that later. People have to be very careful. And even what their kids are posting online these days and, and just see a lot of stupid things and that can affect your career later. Oh, absolutely. So I, I post nothing on Facebook. So I just use it to stalk people. <laughs> stalk ex girlfriends are doing. Exactly. It's the only thing I use it for. Hear that girlfriends. I hate Rob Black is all about you. With that said, no, actually, I hate Rob Black is my fan page, and I created it because you can't really you can hate stalk me. your fans. You can't really hate me when you call me. I hate Rob Black. Right. Yeah, it's already done. You take the hate out of the person. Right. You can't say so. it twice. You're just redundant. Exactly. So, do you have a Facebook page? Does, does anyone follow you? Are you a I big do. Deal? It's not really public. It, you know, I have a Facebook page. I use mostly to post pictures of the kiddos and snowboarding trips and things like that. So, now that you mention it, I hate Rob Black has got a lot of dudes on it. Should I, should I kick out all the dudes? <laughs> <laughs> Chicks that hate Rob Black. That's your new group. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, did yeah, I just say chicks? <laughs> did I just say awesome? <laughs> oh, rad- that'd be radical. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, what would you think the uh, Japanese uh, iShares index fund over the last five years, what do you think the return is versus the S P 500? Double. Double? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's down 30, about 35%. Over the last five years, so from February 20th to now, it's down 35% versus the S&P 500. I'm not a big fan of Japan. You know why? Why? Too many old people. That's exactly – you can look at Japan, and they're going through the same stuff that we could possibly go through here. The difference is, is that Japanese people own most of their own debt versus – right now, the Federal Reserve owns most of the U.S. debt, yeah. not individuals. Second in line is China. So it's, there's it's, mutual, You know, there's mutual funds. Fidelity has one, Asia excluding Japan. 
Like, even Fidelity hates Japan because they're old people. Well, because Japan has gone through this process for so long. I'm not so speaking long, for Fidelity on that. Just right. The there, there's been a lot of articles recently on Japan. Um, that just last week's Bloomberg, which used to be Business Week, now it's Bloomberg Week, right? Um, they were talking about the positives of Japan, but it's really a situation where you don't want an index fund. If you're going to look at Japan and say, I'm going to take advantage of this huge sell-off, the tsunami caused a lot of problems, you know, maybe it'll turn around, I would not use an index fund. If you're yeah. going to get in Japan, I would use a managed mutual fund because it's a really stock-picking situation. There's a lot of companies like robotic companies in Japan that are doing well. Right. But on average, if it has anything to do with the population uh, the the consumer there it's 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 tough times for them and so there, there's a lot of talk about the Japanese currency being having to go lower yeah. going forward which will provide an opportunity the time to invest in a country is after their currency has dropped because then once you buy the stocks after they've paid for it a bit uh, and the currency eventually rises then you can make a little bit more money but cur- if the currency drops there at the same time profits will go up the reason I don't like gold people is they don't pay income taxes. Well, they just don't buy as much. Yeah. So that's and why they're talking about a doubling the sales tax in Japan, too. In my early part of my life, um, Japan was cool because they had Sony. Mm-hmm. They had Nintendo. Sony's um, been a flop. Jeez. And it's all, it's all Samsung now. It's all North Korea. Mm-hmm. South Korea. Well, that was a slight mistake. <clears throat> so Kim Jong-il, Un, it's fantastic. He's got 60,000 followers on Twitter, and it's a country that doesn't even have internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird concept, isn't it? I wonder what he says. Do you follow him just to see if these just wacky things come out of it? He says things like, you know, the Patriots drop more bombs than I do. Like, he says some pretty funny things. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a Twitter team. He doesn't do it himself. Yeah, let me pull him up. We'll, we'll see what he has to say. Um, with that said, uh, leading economic indicators rose four-tenths of a percent. CPI in the United States climbs two-tenths of a percent. Gold seems to be in the news yet again. Um Gold's had such a great run, Chad. One thing that I, I hate is people look at it as investment. I look at gold as a hedge. I look at it as an alternative, but not as an investment. I don't look at it as a way of getting rich. I don't look at it. I, I look at it as a way of not getting poor. Thoughts? Ideas? Um, yeah, everybody looks at GLD. They should also look at GDX. The tax issues are a little bit easier to deal with in, in something like that. But it is. It's, and I can see why people would want to own gold as we're dealing with this debt crisis situation. Um, but don't forget that the problem we saw in 2008 and nine, when everything fell off a cliff is even gold fell off a cliff. Cause remember hedge funds were having to sell their gold to meet redemptions. So you, you had, you had a situation where it didn't work that great during that period of time. Um, so whether or not it truly works as a hedge anymore is to be seen. Cause it sure as heck didn't in 2008 and 2009. So Kim Jong-il Un wrote, Valentine's Day, remember, roses only last a week, but a nuclear weapon's forever. (laughs) Uh, He will be a target. He says, all this buzz about Iran getting nukes, I'm like, hello, a little love. (laughs) Is it... (laughs) He's a pretty funny did dictator. Did you just say hello? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh, okay. You I just I, went there. No, I thought you said that. Please send all email that. to. <laughs> I got nothing else. <laughs> we just killed the show right there. You know he shot like a 17 under? No, his father shot like a 17 under in golf. No, he didn't. His father was the greatest golfer it. of all time. <laughs> sure he was. He would have won more tournaments than Tiger Woods had he committed to it, he said. 
I, I can just imagine little people running out of the bushes and putting it in the cup. <laughs> Nobody's saying a word. Oh, oh! So now we got a hero and a little people. Is there any other? I can't any, say anything about little people. So, so let's talk, let's talk about other tax breaks <laughs> yeah, that are let's going talk away about other in tax 2013. <laughs> stock market update: Overseas markets moved higher, but domestic stocks took a breather. Um, we got a seminar coming up. I guess we should mention that. Yeah. It's on March 10th. It's a ways away. It's a ways away. People can find out more information at robblack.com. Chad is a certified financial planner. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Coming back, we're going to reset the show and uh, talk money issues. AM 1220, KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Little Lady Gaga bringing us back in. What's your thoughts on Lady Gaga, Chad? This song kind of reminds me of the Night of the Roxbury for some reason. Was Saturday it? Night Live deal where they're shaking their heads to the side all the time. Wow, you're aging yourself. I know. That's incredibly embarrassing. Kind of old. Lady Gaga has backed a company called Backplane. $4 million of, of money and investment. She's one of the most powerful financial women of our day and age. And you're comparing her to a day at the Rock, a night at the Roxbury. Yeah, definitely. What's the, I mean, how long could she be around, really, Rob? Come on. I think she's. You think uh, she'll have Madonna's lasting? I do. Impression? Really? I do. I think she's. Um, she's as well slickly marketed as Madonna ever was. Yeah. If not better. To me, marketed. she sounds. Uh, her songs are just copies of Madonna type sounds. So. You're so short sighted on this. <laughs> so what's what's the backslide? What is it? Or what is it? Back. Back pain. Okay. Co-founded by Lady Gaga's manager. It's a seed round of investments, four million dollars. Google Ventures, uh, Minlo Ventures, SV Angel, IO Ventures, all have thrown money into this. Um, and using star power to get into, uh, they're holding a, a music hackathon. So I don't exactly know what they do, but, um, something with portals. Hmm. I don't know. It's, I just throw it out there. Like she is, if you look at Forbes, the most powerful women, she's on, she's in the top 10. It's interesting to see how music has changed because now people are doing kind of like these online concerts where you pay five bucks and you can sit and watch somebody play in a room and they limit the amount of sign-ons. It's just weird, weird things going on like that. I think the only... Women and money kind of turned me on. Like it's kind of a good thing. Like Sheryl Sandberg <laughs> is at Facebook. Bad about it. Sheryl <laughs> Sandberg at Facebook. Like I think it's better than the swimsuit issue. She's worth billions. <laughs> billions. You know what you can do with billions, Chad? A lot. You can do a lot. You can buy it. a lot of swimsuit issues. There you go. You know the swimsuit issue is an economic indicator. When an American model has appeared on the cover of SI, stock market's gone up eighty-eight percent of the time. I didn't. I've never heard of that barometer before but that's oh, kate upton like kate upton american this year good deal so so market's going up people like you could take the whole year off well you know let's we're the conversation that you and i were having during the break is you know what we're keeping an eye on is earnings growth and sales growth for companies in the s&p 500 um and the because the comparables are getting tougher all of 2010 you're comparing it to 2009 which you know fell off a cliff right right so, for example, in the first quarter of 2011 versus the first quarter of 2010, there was a 19% earnings growth. 19%. Right. 
right? So that showed the recovery was starting. People were starting to buy and spend again. Um, if you excluded financials, that number was still 19.5%. So financials weren't really having a play in the earnings growth numbers that you see on the S&P 500. Now, if we go all the way back down to the fourth quarter of 2011 versus the fourth quarter of 2010, if we look at the S&P 500, um, you know, so far we've had almost 400 companies report or more. There's only been a 4% earnings growth, right? So the growth acceleration, it's decelerating. It's not as impressive, but we all know that. The comparables are getting tougher. But if you exclude financials, that's now a 9%, almost a 9.5% earnings growth. So financials are still getting killed. The, 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 growth, the growth problem with financials wasn't showing up in 2010. It's really showing up in 2011. And so if you strip those out, if you strip the financials out, the S&P 500 looks fairly attractive. I wouldn't say it's as attractive as Jeremy Siegel. You've heard how much press he's getting lately, right? You know, I Jeremy Lin's getting a lot of press. Jeremy Siegel? Jeremy Siegel, Wharton. He know, related to Steven economist. Uh, he doesn't look anything like Steve. If you look up Jeremy Siegel, he looks a little bit froggy. He kind of reminds me of a frog. He's tied to Wisdom Tree, too, I believe. Yeah. The ETFs that are dividend-focused. And he's calling for up to a 19 P.E. ratio, which I think is too high. But what, too high. what he ties that to is it's based on historical interest rates being this low. Yeah. It warrants people wanting to pay more for stocks. Which I is think that's too high. Which but. is interesting, because I would have the exact opposite argument in my head to start. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's right. Maybe I'm right. I don't know. But I would say with such low interest rates, when rates start going up, you got to watch out because profit's going to go down. The, the easy money is now. Right. And the other thing is, too, is that – so if, if you look at the S&P 500, you've got to kind of look at it ex-financials. Financials, the, the general banks aren't going to make – unless they're diversified like a Morgan or a, a Goldman Sachs and they can do investment banking deals and help you know com- countries in Europe raise more finances and make money that way. It, it's, they're having tough times making any money. There's no reason for them to lend. So – You've, you've got to look at that and say, okay, if earnings are growing, they're growing at a very attractive rate right now. Right. Right. But margins across the S&P 500 are, are historically at a high rate versus the, the, the GDP of America. They're, and everything reverts to the mean. So you've got to keep an eye on profit margins, but keep an eye on earnings growth, uh, sales growth of the S&P 500 companies, ex-financials, and, and that'll give you an idea on, on which direction we're really going. And if we can get past some of the debt issues – you know, around the world, things look pretty attractive. Now that you're becoming more positive, I think I'm going to become more negative. Yeah, I think, I think we should. So for the last three years, I've been positive. You'll be like, Greece, Greece, you're up, you're up. Like, <laughs> chicken little, sky's falling. And I'm like, dude, just plow through it. It's easy money. Well, you know, I mean, we don't make a lot of drastic changes in portfolios. No. I mean, I'll raise 10 to 20% in cash, but I'm not going to try to time the market. It's just a matter of in our asset allocation programs, we've been pretty much steering clear of financials for the last 18 months. And now they're starting, there's certain ones that are starting to look attractive. I've still got some extra cash until we get some, some clarity on what Germany is going to accept from Greece. But um, I'm not going to slam it all into the market if it's passed because the market has rallied so quickly from January. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to be a little bit careful because there will be pullbacks. Every year, there's at least three, five to seven percent corrections every single year. I don't know. I think we're up, we're, we're trending for us up 56 percent year. From? For, if you take the first half of <laughs> yeah, February like, and January. What? Yeah, if we were to go this way, that's exactly why. You're going to have either a correction or several months of, of low rates. I mean, we have had, I mean, look at 73 and 70, or was this, it was 74 and 75 after the big correction in 73 and 74. The market was down 40% between 73 and 74. 
and then up 60% the next two years. So you can have pretty large years in the market. I, I'm not saying this one's – it's not warranted for a super high double-digit return. Remember that idiot email that I got in the first hour? He's looking for 20 to 40% returns. I mean that, that, that email that I got in the first hour. <laughs> All he has to do is do what he did from January to mid-February. Four more times this year, and he's got his 25% yeah, no return. problem. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Oh, good God. Even though we did what we did in January to now, twice last year, remember? <laughs> hey, back so, off. You're so a buzzkill. We'll, we'll see how this trading range is broken. It's not, yeah. And how, will people still be positive? Dow's up 24, NASDAQ down 15, SP 500 down fractions. Not a lot of big stories out there today. You know, Gilead Sciences is dropping as some Hep C patients are relapsing. Um, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't really know what Hep C B A. I don't. I don't really know what so they who, are. What stars do you think of when you hear the Hep C? Um, blonde. Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson. Yeah. Tommy Lee. That's that's all I know about it. But do you know anyone let, with hepatitis? What's that? Do you know anyone with Hep C? No, I don't. Um, oh. But uh, maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the tax issues. No, some no, of the tax breaks no, that are no, going no, away. No, next, no next we're not talking break. About. Yes. AM twelve twenty. Katie Debbie, we're talking Mardi Gras next break. <laughs> You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The economic impact of Mardi Gras with its masquerade balls, its beads, and its floats comes out to about $300 million for a week of partying. I think we should just do 52 weeks of Mardi Gras, and that'll solve our economy. Just gonna, It'll be dirty everywhere, though. Did you ever go to Mardi Gras? I have. Really? New Orleans? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone has to go once in their lifetime. You know, I was going to go later in college, and I was talked out of it. It's like, oh, you're probably going to get robbed. It's just dirty. You can't, you know, it's just it's just almost too crazy. So I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I'm not into it. So listen to this. $1.2 million on jewelry. Will Ferrell's going to be the god of wine this year. $13 million spent on floats. $275 for a balcony, if you want to rent a balcony. $106 million for hotels. Uh, you could get famous pra- uh, New Orleans famous pralines. How much do you think four pralines cost? Four nuts. Twelve bucks. Are you kidding me? I think you and I should go down there and sell pralines. Um, breakfast at Brennan's, 25 bucks. Uh, $3.4 million spent on alcohol. $1.5 million spent on police. See, I think that's a, that's got to be a low number on alcohol. <laughs> Seriously, that's really... I wonder how much alcohol is spent on this. On how much is well, spent well, on that's, alcohol that's, at the yeah, Super Bowl? That's, that's alcohol, like at supermarkets and su- such like uh, that. It's not uh, alcohol at restaurants. Restaurants or bars. There yeah. you go. So, so, so some of the tax things going away. Can we talk about that? Yeah, it's, it's Friday. We tax could day. talk New Orleans and Mardi Gras, or we could talk taxes. Well, you know, you've got the Mortgage Relief Act, and you're I know, I've, I've heard me. you are killing me with your depressing topics today. Well, you know, mortgage. I've heard a lot of people okay, calling about that and get wrong advice. Okay, because there is that. In the past, if you you know short sell a house, the difference between the value uh, of the house and the loan that you owe is typically taxable income, but it's not right now under the Mortgage Relief Act. But if you refied some of that, you know if the loan exists, current loan has some money that you took out to buy other things besides improving the house, 
that can still be taxable if they find out about it. So there's a, there is a form if you end up short selling a house, there is a form that you got to file when you do your taxes. So don't forget about that. I think it's form 928 or something like that. But the IRS may ask you to prove that all of the money that you pulled out is for improvements on the house. So you better keep your receipts for that. Um, yeah, IRS has never asked me for anything specific. They just say you're wrong and, <laughs> and pay this. It is a, a guilty until proven innocent type of a system. It's pretty funny, though. You yeah. get a letter, they're like, you're wrong. You can't take a tax credit for a flying car. <laughs> like, I thought I could. <laughs> There's research and development there. Oh, speaking of bad advice, I wish someone would call Mo and Sorry Show and start with us. Hey, Mo. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I don't know the difference between the Three Stooges and the Marx Brothers. I just recently found that out. What, they're what? The Three Stooges and the Marx Brothers. I, I don't know. Like, I can't name the, the Marx Brothers and the Stooges. Like, they're all the same to me. <laughs> Larry, Curly, and Mo might as well be the Marx Brothers because I, I don't know which one Schlepp is. That stuff doesn't age well. You know, that comedy didn't age well. I don't know. I bet if you put a five-year-old kid in front of it, they'd laugh. I don't know. I think they'd look at them like they're Speaking dorks. of stuff that doesn't age well, we have on the station Sunday nights at 10, Abden Costello. <laughs> How much Abden Costello do you really need? Past, no, no past one who's on first bit. No comment. Hey. So if who's someone, on first bit? I will pay, it's not even funny. I will pay someone $100 if they call Mo's show and starts with a question of, Hey, Mo! <laughs> I, I forgot what we were going to talk about. Just you have to record uh, it to me the MP3. Yeah, yeah. What are we going to talk about? A mortgage relief. Well, yeah. So, the, and there's non recourse versus recourse loan, whether or not the, the taxation doesn't matter as much. The taxation depends on whether or not you took money out to buy something different than improving the house. Okay. okay. The recourse loan means some of the banks can come back after you personally for that, that loan, but it's not really happening. So, I don't know of anybody that's been the banks have come after personally, and a lot of states are stopping the banks from doing that. The the issue is is that there's still people calling in. Should I foreclose or should I short sale? Short sale. I mean, a foreclosure looks way worse on your record. So get a, a short sale. But the bank's not even going to talk to you about short selling unless you're you're missing payments. And there's a moral obligation here too. I mean, if you're only upside down, hundred thousand, you know, on a on a larger house, don't just short sale and ruin your credit just because you happen to be upside down. Take some of the moral obligation that you took on with the loan. Oh, listen to you but, preaching morals. But uh, you know that's it, funny. Your credit's going to be ruined for two years. It it really is. Man, you are the kettle. So, if, or you're the pot calling the kettle black. Whatever. Moral you know, obligation. Yeah, any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the other thing too that a couple of things that people need to think about. Um, you really believe in moral obligation at a hundred thousand dollars? At a hundred thousand uh, dollars? Is that your moral obligation line? At hundred, if people can afford their mortgage and their house just happens to be slightly upside down, okay, they would be stupid to ruin their credit and do a short sale just because yeah. they happen to be upside down right now. But they'd also be stupid if you're in Fremont to ever expect that houses could go back up in value ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I don't know about ever, but don't. I mean, there is some. Keep great- mind, forever to me is forty years. It's from age 20 to 60. That's, well, it'll go up at the rate of wage inflation. Maybe, maybe not. There's no shortage of land in, in yeah, Fremont. I mean, you've uh, got... Not in Fremont, but um, Stockton. Boom, shakalakalaka. Well, that's true. Stockton is a different story than Fremont, though. I okay, mean, yeah. But people should... I mean, there's great opportunities in real estate right now to buy as long as you're doing it based on cash flow, not on price appreciation, right? There's there's okay. cer- there's certain areas. There's, a, there's certain areas in um, southern Washington where you can buy stuff that cash flows to really good high quality renters at six to eight percent 
it's pretty good cash flow. How many people could afford that, though? Um, well, because you're, you're talking really, about put, really you're talking a, about buying for cash. You, well, not you, or you put thirty to forty percent down and still have very positive cash flow. It's people that have money can still make a lot of money. That's a problem right now. That's why we're going to have this continued divide between the haves and the have-nots. Are you are you basically implying that if you buy a house and you cash flow six seven percent, it's a bond alternative? Absolutely, a bond alternative. Um, it's it's more risk. There's not liquidity, um, and it can be a more headache. So if you're going to invest in real estate, get a really good property manager, yeah. and put enough down to have nicely positive cash flow. It's yeah. and you can make a lot of money in the long run. Um, but because interest rates are going to go up in two years, the Fed's even told us that, right? They said they're going to keep them low for two years because they're buying our own treasuries. Yeah, we don't know they're going to go up in two years. They're just not going to go up for. Two we years. hope they're going to go up in two years. If they don't, it means our economy's in a mess. I mean, it, I know because the feds are they're, the feds are buying trillions of dollars worth of treasuries, keeping the prices of the treasuries high and the interest rates low. You know, we're that's going to stop in two years. We're going to have to get defensive on stocks when interest rates go up. Yeah, stocks to a certain extent, stocks don't yeah. like that. Bonds do, but you don't want to buy bonds directly when the rates are accelerating. Yeah, you don't want to buy a bond fund, but maybe you want to buy bonds after rates have gone up. After rates have gone up. I mean, when you're trying to be defensive, cash is king. I mean, come on. Okay. You, you don't want to go 100% cash. But getting back to some of the things that are ending is is also people that need to diversify out of company positions. You've got a rally right now. Yeah. Okay. You A lot of tech stocks have jumped to you know out of their upper end of the trading range. And taxes are going up in 2013. Right now, capital gains are 15%. Next year, they're going up to 20%. Yeah. So keep in mind, if you're a person that's got well over 10% of your overall worth in your company that you work for, their stock, this is the year to start your diversification process. So John, e- ESPPs that have been held over two years or stocks that you just own outright, you know, take some of the, that off the table and diversify why taxes are lower because they're going up. John Bogle wants capital gains taxed at ordinary income. Capital gains taxed as ordinary yeah. income? That's way too high. I mean, when I got into the business, capital gains were at 27%. Right. So... I could see that, you know, to get out of this problem, we need to freeze budgets at the government level, you know, increase tax credits to small businesses, and, you know, probably let capital gains and dividend taxes go back up to 20% where they were in, what, 2002? Um, for, and, you know, not for necessarily the retired person that makes under 250000 but for the people that make over that. Um, that surprises a lot of people, me being a fiscal conservative, but it, we, we've got to fix this problem in the next five years. We've got to get on the right track. Otherwise, we are Japan, and then eventually we are Greece. So U.S. cattle costs are hitting record highs. Retail beef last month, most expensive ever. Any way to play that? Would you, Knowing that commodities are finite, mm-hmm. knowing that there's, they're not infinite, you know, there's only so much food on the planet, only so much soil on the planet, Population continues to grow. Do you play any of those trends? Well, yeah, you do it in the form of commodities funds. Like uh, typically, they're called real return funds, or actually commodity funds, and/or managed future funds. Um, commodity funds tend to do better when than when commodities are basically rising. But a managed future funds, they the the commodities traders uses futures to um, go, and they can make money as long as a commodity is is trending in a certain direction. So uh, every portfolio should have somewhere between 3 and 5% exposure to com- commodities and managed futures. So there's some um, stock plays on beef cost, Whole Foods Market, Ruth's Hospitality, which is Ruth's Chris, Chipotle Mexican Grill. It's a cost for them. It's, it's inflation. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know. I just brought it up because uh, I want to introduce a new meat. 
I want to introduce dolphin meat to the market. Mm, that sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> Cider fries. No, it's too fatty. Well, I don't know. I, I like I like uh, salad with my dolphin. It's funny because when meat prices go up, people go to chicken. When chicken prices go up, they go to pork. When pork goes up, we don't Spam. have an al- we don't have an alternative. <laughs> we need por- we need por- what's porkers. the other white meat? What is the other white meat? Is there another white meat? Is there meat that I'm missing? I love meat. <laughs> you know the most expensive part of a hog? What? It's refrigerated after it dies. Oh yeah, it's just the, the storing of the. Uh, I think you haven't asked me that question in like seven years. I, I, I recycle all my material. <laughs> That's good. It's been a while. From age five, I my first joke was, "Why is six afraid of seven? Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. What do you do if your That's toe falls? What do you do if you here? What do you do if your toe falls off? What? Call the tow truck. Mm. See, you tell that Any to a six, you tell that to a six year old, and they're on the ground laughing. Yeah. <laughs> tell Chad Burton and like, let's talk mortgages. <laughs> Oh, there's only 15 Mortgage more. Mortgage Debt Relief Act. I think that'll go away in 2012. It's supposed to last through this year. Yeah, you know, that was a Bush thing, too. A lot of people don't know that. that you had until 2012 to walk away and, and not I think get taxed Obama on got it. credit for it because of the extension, though. Yeah. I think it was going to go away in 2011. It got extended again. So we'll see if it gets extended. 2013 financial sure. AM 1220. KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So the media is kind of ignoring this guy named Jeremy Lin. I think I'm the only person who's really telling the story. It's a good story. Tickets for the Knicks game this weekend tripled in price. How about that for an investment? You know, I've often thought about that, Chad, because a lot of times, like, have you seen like hockey price, hockey ticket prices? If you want a good seat, you basically have to buy them from a season ticket holder who basically hoards them mm-hmm. and sells them for triple face. Yeah. So it's that's a pretty good investment if you could get good season tickets. I, if I could get good season tickets to the, the Niners when they open their new, stage, the new stadium, I'd absolutely buy it as an investment. Sell them all on, on eBay. You know an odd little or story I heard the other day is Please. these websites of, uh, of people that allow people to come stay in their apartments. Yeah, that's a huge like, one. Yeah. So people are out there like subleasing or leasing four or five different apartments and just swapping them on these websites, making money in places like New York. And so they, this guy has a no job, but he has rented five different apartments and he just leases them out. You know, for short-term week, two-week period. So he's renting a place in New York and then putting it up on the site. And making money over and above his rent. That's awesome. (laughs) When it works out for you, it's awesome. But, yeah, that's the new thing in uh, travel right now is that you can stay in someone else's house. Mm -hmm. Which Uh, is kind of creepy, but we'll see. You know, the thing about me is never invite me into your house because I will go through your medicine cabinets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the guy who's in the bathroom going like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's taking this. I'd be looking around for cameras. I'd be totally paranoid. That's so funny. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking like one or two pills from every bottle, and then ultimately I get home with a handful of pills and I don't know what they are anymore. So it's just like pill roulette. So I'm trying wow. to cure my antidepressant. Wow. Like, hey, my headache went away, but I'm still depressed. Um, what do you have for me? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I have no idea. You've never, what we were you've never about. snagged someone's pills. 
<laughs> no, I've never snagged someone's phone. I don't believe you. Uh, Got to be careful with those prescription drugs. I, tell Whitney end, that. Tell end, Whitney end, that. And badly. Um, you want to talk about grats for wealthy people? Can we address the the 1% of your listenership for a minute? Sure, let's talk. Yeah, go ahead. Well, grats, you know, the, this is a, a way that people uh, what people have the uh, people have the ability to pass on $5 million right now when they die. Okay. A married couple with the right trust can pass on $10 million, but for people that are even wealthier than that that have, let's say they have um, private company stock that eventually go public, or they have real estate that's very depressed right now, they can, you know, gift at a discount. If you want to do that but still retain some of the income from that, you can do what's called a grant to retain annuity trust or a GRAT and gift out the asset now because the gift limits of $5 million are probably going to go back down to a million starting next year. So you've got this one-time kind of year of gift to Bonanza and estate planning opportunities that are out there. And so you can gift the asset out and get make sure that all future appreciation is outside of your estate but still have some income rights to the asset. So, you know, this is there's really a sense of urgency for some of the wealthy families out there because you know, let's say you have 15 million dollars in your estate because you've done really well on, you know, Google or LinkedIn or Facebook, whatever it may be. If you died, you'd have about a 3 million dollar estate tax bill. Three million bucks that goes to Uncle Sam instead of your family or your favorite charity. It's it's a voluntary tax because there's so many things you can do to avoid it. So there's really a sense of urgency for wealthy people to get their estate planning done this year. So that's one of the things I want to talk about. We'll we'll t- we can talk a little bit about it in March 10th event too. What if you're not going to die for like 30, 40 years? Well, you, you, still you only your- gift enough that you're willing to mm-hmm. give up the the principle of the asset, right? I'm a, the, fan, I'm a fan of Scrooge. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of gifting. Like I'm more Steve Jobs than I am Bill Gates. Yeah, but what about what about a charitable gift then? A charitable remainder trust where you can gift the asset in, diversify right away without any current taxes. So if you have stock at a dollar basis and it's worth five hundred dollars, let's say it's Apple, you can gift it in a charitable remainder trust, take you know six percent income for the rest of your life, get a huge tax deduction for doing it, and you can immediately diversify without paying an, a current tax. Okay. So, and then you replace the value with with an insurance trust for your kids. So everybody wins. Your charity wins. You win with income, and a big tax deduction. Your charity gets what's left over, and the 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 kids get the insurance totally tax free. There's so many opportunities right now that people can do to avoid that estate tax. So tell me again, how do I get twenty to forty percent returns this year? <laughs> Just listen to Rob Black stock picks. No, I, I, the I, Rob Black email list is. I do have an email list. If people want to sign up for it, it's at robblack.com. So visitor sign up, and I send out emails. But unlike Jim Cramer, I'm not trying to profit from my emails. No, I do like you. I mean, if I, I would tell people to join the uh, I Hate Rob Black fan club on Facebook because you're, you're daily winners and losers. Yeah. It's a good quick read on the market. I like it. Are you being serious? Are you giving me a compliment? Yeah. It's well, good stuff. Good stuff, Rob. I like your little beard that you're growing right now. It's, it's, it's nice. Thank you. Keep it well. Don Johnson. Like, it's very, kind of Don Johnson. Very short. And... Whatever happened to Don Johnson? Um, well, he did the police show with with uh, Cheech, the, right? The, the police show. Yeah, what was that? Uh, Pure, <laughs> Nobody knows. Pure thirty one. Uh, Something cheesy. Snatch. I don't know. I don't know. It was right here in San Francisco. Oh, it was. Yeah. No wonder why it was sunny. I thought it was set in Florida. Who knows? No, no, no. San Francisco. Um, we got Alcatraz now shoot, shooting in. Yeah, oh, you know what? Uh, speaking of TV shows and, and Fox, Alcatraz is on Fox, mm-hmm. and they're shooting a lot of it here. Um, horrible show, by the way. Awful. It's miserable to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a sales pitch for Fox, leg wrestling. 
<laughs> you and I start a leg wrestling because like this whole ultimate fighting stuff, it's too violent. You can't have your kids watch that. It is leg pretty wrestling. bad. <laughs> leg wrestling, right? Am, am I on to something? There you go. We won't call it Indian leg wrestling because that has to be a slur in some way, shape, or form. It was Indian leg wrestling. Indian leg wrestling. Yeah, that's what it was when I was a kid, right? Yeah. But did, we can't say that anymore. Did they ever even do that? Is that I, just an urban myth? I think it was that they did it with the pilgrims at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you don't want to go into my leg wrestling championship series on Fox? Sure. You don't I'm want to in. buy in? I'm in. It's like my restaurant. Shorter legs have a tougher time. <laughs> my restaurant. It's a where, of leverage. I'm going to charge $20 for the bathroom in my restaurant. The food will be free, and it will be called bulimics. <laughs> I'll make a ton at the door. You got anything you want to pitch? Not after that. I don't even know what type of show we're doing anymore. <laughs> I've been heavily distracted today because it's Friday. It's Aloha Friday. Yeah. No work till Tuesday. You can find Chad at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, for all of his slurs today that he threw out, send emails to chad at chadburton.com. Thank you. You're welcome. I have nothing else. AM 1220, KDOW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.